opportunity to preach to you all this morning. I don't take it lightly, um, but I thank him for the opportunity. If you'd like to turn with me uh, in your Bibles to 1 John, we're going to read chapter 1 and verse 9 and 10. Amen. I came in here this morning. It just feels wonderful in here. The atmosphere feels really good. It feels peaceful. It feels wonderful. It feels great. Amen. So I'm just excited what God is going to do. Again, so it's 1 John chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 9 and 10. Amen. And it reads, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Uh, this morning, I'm just going to preach God's open door. God's open door. So let's all pray together that we would hear from God and that we would understand. He says, let everyone have ears to hear. So we have to have a certain kind of ear to hear what he is saying because God's a spirit. He's not a man or a woman. He's a spirit. So we need spiritual ears. So let's all pray together that God will speak to us. So let's all pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your almighty power. As you're the king over every king, there's no kingdom greater than your kingdom. No one can rival you or conquer you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for your love you have expressed towards us in dying and saving us, O oh Lord, out of our sins. We ask, O oh Lord, you, get, you grace us with ears to hear your voice, to hear your spirit. We ask your spirit to move upon us, O oh Lord. We need you to help us, O oh God, to be ready for your return as you're coming very soon, O oh Lord. And we thank you for what we feel in this room, O oh God. I pray you touch every heart, every mind, and every soul in this room, O oh Lord. We all get closer to you, that we would be transformed in your presence, O oh God. And we thank you for all that you have done for us and are doing and will continue to do. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Amen. So God's open door. And God's door is open always to forgive us of our sins. His door is open. It's wide open. When we sin, we need to acknowledge it and go and bring it to the Lord, not remain dead in our sins. And so we're going to look at a few uh, different stories here. So we'll just start off with this. The first two human beings that God created on the earth, take a guess at what they did. They sinned. Both of them sinned against God. Uh, we're reading Genesis 3, verse 1 through 7. And it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat? Of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God knows that if in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes will be opened. And, you'll, and you shall be as gods. You'll know good and evil. And then the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desired to make one wise. So she took the fruit thereof and she did eat and gave also to her husband, Adam, with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them were or both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And so here we learn a few things. Uh, if you read through the Bible, you understand who the serpent is. 
The serpent is the devil. And if you read, he's our adversary. Uh, some people don't believe we have an adversary. We have someone that's uh, coming against us to hinder us from having a relationship with God, hindering us from even knowing God, even believing in God, even in obeying and following God. We do have an adversary. And so this adversary comes to Eve, and he, he's basically attacking God's word. Did God really say what he said? Is the Bible really true? Oh, it's not, it's not true. God didn't say what he said. This is what you should do. Just, just take this fruit. Just try it. And so we have to be very careful in our day what voice we listen to. There are many voices. There's voices of our own self. There's voices of this adversary. There's voices of others. There's governmental voices. There's this voice and that voice. There are many voices. I don't know if there's thousands, a hundred thousand, millions. There's many different kind of voices. But we all need to learn, and we must learn one voice. We must learn God's voice. We must learn his voice. That's the most important voice you will ever learn on this earth is God's voice. Sometimes God's voice is a still, small voice. Sometimes God's voice is very powerful because he's almighty and has all authority and all dominion. So we have to know the differences of God's voice. And like the serpent came, he sort of sounded like God's voice. He said, you know, you, you, you could just eat of this fruit right here. You don't have to worry about it. So he kind of used what God said, and he kind of changed it a little bit. So we have to be 100% sure what God has said. We have to be 100% sure of what his word says as God's voice to us. Amen. And so as we read on in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 and 10, And they heard the voice of the Lord. This is Adam and Eve. After they ate this fruit, God told them not to eat. They disobeyed God. And then they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are you, Adam? Where are you? And Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Notice the reaction of Adam and Eve. God came to speak with them, to have uh, a relationship with them, and they hid themselves. They tried to hide away from God. They tried to get out of his presence. And verse 8 says, they hid themselves from the face of God. It is very dangerous when you hide yourself from the face of God. That is a source of life. That is a source of, of provision. He gives us all these things. And then Adam says, I was afraid and I hid myself. And so we learn here how man or mankind deals with sin. First, Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden. When we sin, God's still going to speak to us. He still wants to commune with us. He's still going to give us an opportunity to turn and change and get forgiveness. So Adam had the opportunity. He heard the voice of God. But then we see another thing that happens when we have sin is we're afraid. We're terrified. What, what, what is God going to do to me? Is he going to destroy me with fire? I know he's a consuming fire. Is he going to completely uh, obliterate me? What is God going to do? Is he going to banish me? What, what's going to happen? And then we acknowledge our sin. And Adam said, because I was naked. Adam knew what he did. Adam knew he wasn't supposed to eat that fruit, but he ate of it. And then we, we try to hide ourselves. Adam said, I hid myself. We know we messed up. We have an opportunity to change with the Lord. We know what we did, but then we, we hide ourselves. For whatever reason, mankind, we just try to hide ourselves away from God. And then in Romans 6, 23, it says the wages of sin is death. 
And so God said, the day, Adam and Eve, that you eat of this fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. And die they did, as Romans 6.23 says. Because if we sin, then sin leads to death. Now, not just a physical death, but a spiritual death where your soul is going to go. You spiritually are disconnected from God and you will remain that way. And so they were removed from the Garden of Eden. They were completely removed from God's presence. God said, you can't even stay here any longer. Oh, I, I loved you. I made you in my own image. I provided for you. You had all this food. You had all the land of the entire earth. I told you just don't eat this one thing, but you still ate this one thing. You were deceived. So now you can't stay here any longer unless you eat this fruit of life and you live forever. And now I'll have to cast you out and have to remove you out. And so God removed Adam and Eve out. God put angels surrounding the entrance into the Garden of Eden. He put a flaming sword so that they couldn't enter in. And they were separated from God's presence. There was a separation there. But there's another way to respond to sin. That's just the option they chose. They chose to hide themselves. They chose to be afraid. They chose to keep it in. They chose not to go to the Lord. But there's another way to respond to sin. So there is a king. There was this king. He was a great king, and his name was David. And he sins against God very greatly by committing adultery and murder. As we'll read in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1 through 9. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. Again, David sinned. God's presence is going to David. God still wants to talk with David. He still wants to speak to him. So he sends a prophet. He sends a representative of God to David. And he came unto him, and he said, there were two men in one city. One was rich and the other was poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks. He has so many animals. He has so many flocks. But the poor man, he had nothing except one little lamb. He just had one animal. And it grew up together with him, oh, and which he had brought up and nourished, and nourished him up. And it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drink of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. So he's saying, hey, this rich man, he has so many animals. He has so much wealth. And this poor man, he just has one little animal. But he's loving that animal. He's nourishing it. He's taking care of it. He's feeding it. He's having it be with his family. And then there came a traveler unto the rich man. And he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for this wayfaring man that was come unto him. But he took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was to come unto him. So the rich man is here. He has all these animals. And then this man comes to the rich man, and he wants to stay with the rich man. He says, okay, but I need some food. And the rich man said, okay, I have this great idea. I have all these animals, but I'm not going to take these animals. I'm going to steal from this poor man and take the one animal that he has. I'm going to take it from him. And now I'll feed this traveler and also have all my animals. I have all my wealth still. This is a great idea. And then as David's hearing this story, David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, you're that man. You stole that one sheep or that one lamb. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and then the master's wives into thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. 
And if that had been too little, I would even more. I would moreover have given unto you such things, such and such things. Wherefore thou hast despised the commandment of the Lord to do this evil in his sight. Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be your wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. And so we see David sins greatly. He steals this man's wife, and then he sends this man into the front line of the battle to kill this man. But still, God is still reaching for David. God still wants to restore David. God still wants to love David. God still wants David to be with him in everlasting life in heaven. God still was reaching for David. And as Adam and Eve, David had an opportunity. But David had a little different response. Uh, so King David is believed to be the writer of most of the Psalms in the book of Psalms. Um, in the Bible, and Psalm 51 is believed to be his response to this exact moment. And we're reading Psalm 51, 1 through 11. And this is David's response to hearing the story from Nathan, hearing the word from God. And then David says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, Lord, against you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. So we read here, David has a completely different response on t from Adam and Eve to sin. David's approach is, have mercy on me, O God. Blot out my transgressions. Just remove them, O Lord. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me, Lord. Cleanse me from my sin. Don't cast me away from your presence. I still want to be with you, Lord. I messed up, O God, but I want to still be with you. I want to connect again. Can you forgive me? Can I have another chance? Can I have another opportunity? And David's crying out. He's crying out to God. He's crying out to God. And so after David sinned, God came to him through, uh, through the prophet. And so, like I said, after we sin, God will come to us. It doesn't matter if whatever happened. You committed adultery. You committed murder. You stole did this or that. God will give all of us another opportunity. And he was going to come to us. Amen. It's not God's will that we stay in sin. He wants to reach for us to pull us back out. And so we fail, and he's saying, all right, I know you failed. Just come to me. I'll give you another chance. Just come over here. I'll lift you back up. Just come over here, and I'll heal you again. Just come over here, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to cleanse you. I'll wash you. But you just got to come over here. But Adam and Eve, they said, no, I have to hide myself. I have to banish myself over here. I have to hide, you know, amongst the trees. I have to try to get away from God's presence. But David, you can say, he said, I have nowhere else to go. I sinned against you, God, and you know it, so I'm going right to you. I'm going right to you. And so things in this world, we do things, and some things are uh, no, a little less important, so we can just leave them to the side, you know. Um, say, for example, at work sometimes, uh, I deal with a lot of paperwork, 
like a lot of paperwork, a lot of paperwork. So some paperwork is still there from 2017. I'm like, it's 2019. I don't know why this is still here, but okay. No one dealt with this in two years. What's going on? So it's not that important. So we just toss it to the side. We just toss it to the side. And now I'm coming in. And I'll start working. Now I have to clean up all this mess. Two years old paperwork. 2018 stuff. I have to go through and fix it because no one took the initiative. No one stepped up to handle it right then and there. Same thing with our sin. We sin. We just kind of leave it aside. We just kind of hide it a little bit. Oh, don't worry about that. Put a little dust. God, God didn't see that. And then we do it again. Oh, no, no. Just put it back here, you know. Don't, don't worry about it. And there's a verse that says your sin is going to find you out. Eventually, it's going to rise to the surface and you're going to have to deal with it. So Adam and Eve, they try to put it to the side. But David said, I sinned. I did this. I'm dealing with it right here and right now. Today, I'm going to deal with it. Today, I'm going to go to God's presence, and I'm going to be in a right relationship with him. It's not going to take me 10 days. It's not going to take me some months. I'm doing it today. This hour, I'm going right to him, and he's going to change me. And that's exactly what David did, and that's exactly what happened. He did not hide himself. Now, you may have learned if you make a mistake, sometimes we try to hide ourselves. And if we were younger, our parents come up, did you do that? No. And you know you did that. Um, like, you know, say you broke something in the house, your mom comes, did you do this? Mm-mm, I didn't do that. Oh, I wasn't even in that room. But she knows everything, so she understands. She's like, you were there and you broke it. Um, sometimes when I got in trouble when I was younger in school, my mom, she would give me opportunity just like God. She would say, how was school today? Just cook it. I'm like, oh, school was great. It was wonderful. It was so awesome. In my mind, I'm like, why is she asking me this question? Everything was fine. And then she was just quiet. She said, okay. And then some time would go by, and then she comes. I'm like, oh, no, I forgot. I did this thing. I didn't even remember. I was like, oh, no. She comes in, you know, and, and disciplines me. And so sometimes we try, we, don't, we try not to say the truth. We try to hide things. But we ought not to hide things. David did not hide himself. He went right to God and asked for forgiveness. David repented. He confessed his sin to God. He said, Lord, I did this. And then he asked God to change him, to forgive him. Lord, you've got to cleanse me. You've got to wash me. Can you forgive me, Lord? Have mercy on me. Help me. Don't cast me away from your presence. He was asking God to have a right relationship with him again, even though he failed. But Adam and Eve, they were cast away out of God's presence. But David asked not to be cast away from God's presence. Just because we fail, it's not over. It's not finished. The book doesn't close. Another chapter can be written. God can take his pen, as it were, and continue to write. But it's our choice. It's up to us. Do you want to hide? Or do we want to get up, acknowledge it, uh, humble ourselves in the presence of God and say, all right, Lord, I failed, but you know I failed. I know I failed, but have mercy on me. Can you restore me? And God wants to restore us. That's his whole plan. That's his whole purpose. It's not his will that any should perish. He doesn't want anybody to die in their sins because sin leads to death. He doesn't want anyone to experience that or to do that. But it's our choice. Will we hide or will we confess it to him? And so we ought to confess it. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's painful. We're ashamed of what we did. We're ashamed of what happened. Or we're mad because of what someone else did that made us react a certain way or say a certain thing. That's all besides the point. We still have to confess it. And God will forgive us. Amen. And so David said, I know I did evil, but don't take me away from your presence. Don't take me away from your presence, God. Please don't take me away from your presence. I want to change, God. So Adam and Eve sinned, the first humans. David sinned. He's a man after God's own heart. Yes, he failed, but he repented and turned to God. 
and we have sins. We all have sins. It says in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Not just this ethnic group or that ethnic group or this one over here. God doesn't care about all that. He doesn't care about that division. He died for all to be saved. If you're from Asia, you're from Africa, you're from North America, you're from South America, you're from an island, you're from Europe, he came for all, 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 all. He came for all. And so we have all sinned against God. And it says in 1 John 1.10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. So we say we have no sin, oh, be careful, you're being deceived. We all have sins. We've all come short of the glory of God. The verse says none is righteous. No, not one. No one is righteous. You read in Revelation, no one can open up the book and open the seals. Only the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Only God himself is pure. His, his truth itself is most holy. But God is so gracious that he sees us in sin. He says, I want to take you out. I want to save you. I don't want you to stay in that darkness. Come over here. I'm the kingdom of light. I am light. I am life. My words are wisdom. My words are truth. My word is knowledge and understanding. Come over here. Just come over here. But as you, we can learn from Genesis, we have this thing called free will. We are all individuals, and we have a choice. Am I going to do this, or am I going to do that? Will I choose yes, or will I choose no? And God won't force us. God won't knock us down and say, you better choose yes, you better choose yes. No, God is love. God is kind. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's just going to wait. He's going to keep reaching. He's going to keep drawing. He's going to keep loving. He's just going to wait. He's very patient. He's long-suffering. He's just going to be very patient and waiting. Continue to pour out love. Oh, Lord, don't come to me with this word. He's going to still love. Oh, I don't want to hear this word. He's still going to love. He's still going to reach you, no matter what our response might be. He's going to keep reaching us until he comes in all his glory in the sky, as it says. And we're going to rise up. The dead in Christ are going to rise up first out of the graves, and we are alive. We're going to rise up, too. He's going to continue to reach until that time. And so God always wants to forgive. He always wants to restore. He's not going to push himself on us. He's waiting for us to choose, to decide. And so, without God's forgiveness, we are servants to sin. And if we read in uh, Romans 6.20, I don't know if I gave him that one yet. But we are servants to sin. It says, for when you were the servants of sin, uh, when you were the servants of sin, you are free from righteousness. So we are bound to sin. Uh, there's many uh, phrases out there, you know, sin will take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay, and this and that. It's basically just the knowledge of evil. We, we ate of that fruit, and now we have the knowledge of good or evil. We have the choice to choose. Which one do we want? Which one do we want to choose? And so when you choose sin, you're a servant to sin. You're bound to it. That's why we have alcoholics. That's why we have drug addicts. That's why we have people addicted to this and addicted to that and addicted to all kinds of, of things that are not right or wicked because of sin. And sin binds you. You're just, you're attached to it. You can't get it out. We can't, you can't get anywhere. Uh, as Pastor was saying, when I first came into the church, I wasn't always like this. 
Uh, I came to a church when I was 19 years old. No one in my family knew about God. No one talked about God. No one knew that Jesus was God. No one knew that there, there was a Savior that can get you out of sin, that could deliver you, you can get out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Like, what? He could, you could be repaying. You're born of the water of the Spirit. You could be in his kingdom. You could be a part of his kingdom. I didn't have any of that teaching. I didn't understand any of that. And so I was trying to figure things out. What is truth? What is truth? Is it music? Is it clothes? Is it, what is it? Is it science? Is it math? I don't understand what's going on. So I tried to find it out. And then one day I was walking in my house, and there's a, a Bible on my mom's nightstand, and this thing had dust on it, literally. And I walked by, and all of a sudden it says, why don't you try me? And I was like, hmm, I don't know. I tried everything else. I'm trying to figure out what it is. So, okay, let me just let me try to read this book and see what happens. Next thing I know, I start reading this book, and God starts speaking to me. Again, God doesn't care what you did. He wants to draw you. He wants to draw all of us into his love, into his kingdom. And so little by little, he started working. He says, hey, you, do you know who I am? It's like, no, I don't even know there is a God. Is there a God? I don't have no clue. And he says, yes, there's a God. There's one God. And he keeps revealing himself slowly and slowly and slowly. And then that one day I came to service. I came to a Sunday morning service. Uh, even that was in a sense a miracle. Like I said, I'd never been to church. I didn't know anything about church. I didn't know where to go or not to go. What, the, what is a denomination? I knew nothing. I had no understanding. So I just went up, okay, I guess Christians is probably where I should go, a Christian church. So I went on Google Maps, dun, 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 and went to New Britain, Christian churches. And then I started going on uh, their articles of faith, like what they believe, like this is about us. We believe this and that. So okay, let me start there at least. So I started, and a few of them, they were just like, no, this and that, this and that. Then I came to this church's website, and they said, we believe the word of God. I said, that's it. I'm done. Come right here. Because none of the other ones said that. They didn't say anything about that. If it doesn't have God's word, I don't want it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be exposed to it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to mess with it. I want what God has said because that's truth. That's going to last forever. And so they said that. So, well, that's where I'm going to go. So then I went Sunday morning, and this is crazy. Went Sunday morning, and pastor gets up. He preaches. So this is Tyler message. What are you doing here? And I'm just like, what? What am I doing here? It's my first time. What are you doing here? But again, God was reaching, he's trying to get me out. And I already knew I had to repent. So I heard that message title. I said, oh, I'm here to repent. That's what I'm doing here. And then I came in the altar and I started repenting. I said, Lord, forgive me of this. Forgive me of that. I don't want to live this way anymore. Then I came to the evening service to receive the Holy Ghost and I got baptized. And so God wants to take us out of sin. But the problem is, is that this world, oh, they love sin. They make it look so wonderful, so appealing. They got billboards. They got lies. They got the glitter. I like to call it bedazzled. They got the this. They got the that. They got the Ferrari. They got the Bugatti. They got this singer and this person. They have, you know, all the, all the wonderful things, all the, the pleasurable things. And we look at that, and then we're like, oh, I don't know. That looks kind of fun. That looks a little interesting. That looks like I'm going to have a good time. But they don't tell you sin leads to death. And what they really say is, hey, you want to come over here and die with us? We're going to die in our sins. You want to join us? But they don't say that. They just say, oh, so wonderful. It's so great. Just try a little bit. You know, it won't be, it won't hurt that much. No, just want to stay with God himself. So that's kind of a problem we have is the world is so alluring. It's so appealing. It looks so wonderful. But God said, hey, don't love the world and don't even love the things that are in the world. Because if you do that, the love of God is not in you. Amen. Because God's kingdom is not from this world. It's from a different world. It's in the heavenly realm. And if you read in Revelation, oh, it's a place of peace. 
There's no pain. There's no sorrow. There's no tears. There's no work. There's no taxes. There's no internet. There's none of that. It's just holy. It's pure atmosphere. I can't even imagine what that is. The atmosphere is pure. No stain of sin in the atmosphere. It's pure atmosphere. You take a breath, oh, it's pure completely and entirely. There will be no sun there because God's glory is the light. Amen. That's where God wants to bring us. He doesn't want us to stay down here fighting against one each other, having wars or rumors of wars, hating on this ethnic group and hating on that ethnic group, or not liking this person or not liking this. Your dress is just a wrong color. I don't want to talk to you or blah, blah, blah. All these things that we have or go on, and I can just go down a giant list and go on and on and on. God doesn't want us to live like that. That's not his plan. Amen. His plan is for us to be with him. That's how it was from the beginning. But we just chose not to listen in the Garden of Eden and just continue. And so in Romans chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Whatever voice you're following or whatever thing you're yielding yourself to, you are that thing's servant. If you yield to sin, then you're serving death. But if you yield to obedience to God, then you're going to be serving righteousness, doing what's right, knowing what's right, living what's right. That's how God wants us to live. We have an option. Who do you want to serve? How do you want to serve? How do you want to exist on the earth? And so serving sin uh, without a way out. We used to serve sin without any way out. We were trapped. We were bound. We were imprisoned. But God has given us a way out of sin and out of death. Amen. Is anyone excited about that? God has given us a way out. I want the way out. Before I knew who God was, I learned about hell. I was like, really? You're gnashing your teeth? Fire and brimstone? Forever and ever? Forever and ever? And ever and ever and ever? Oh, no, I don't want that. That wasn't even designed for humans? Oh, I definitely don't want that. Lord, what's the other option? What's the other option? He said, oh, come with me in my kingdom. It's a place of joy. It's a place of peace. He said, woo, I need, that's where I need to go. I do not want to go there. But it says in John, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. He is faithful, and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We've been serving sin and doing all this and doing that. And he says, hey, if you turn to me and you repent all from all that, you forsake all that, and you turn to me and you seek for obedience to my word and righteousness, I'm going to forgive you. All this serving, don't even worry about it. It's removed now. That's it. Boom. That's it. I erased it. It's gone. Now come follow after me. Continue to seek me. Continue to follow me. And so before, there was no hope. There was no hope over here. Sin, there was no way out. You just go from one sin to the other sin. And then you get tired of that one, and you go to another one. You just keep going and going. You just go from one to another, tossing them around. There's no way out. But God has given us a way out of sin and into righteousness. From being away from his presence, we are cast away. He said, get out of the garden. You can't be here. You're defiled. I'm undefiled. It doesn't mix. You have to go now. But now we can be in his presence. Now he gave us opportunity. Please come over here now. 
Oh, now you can come, you can enter in. Now I don't care if you're a Jew, I don't care if you're a Gentile, I don't care what your skin color looks like, what language you speak, just come over here. Now I want everyone to enter in now. And so, first it was Adam and Eve, we sinned against God. God said, don't do this. We said, oh, we're not going to listen to God. We're going to listen to this serpent. And we followed him. And then after that, God kicks man out of the garden. And then man continues to choose the knowledge of evil. I don't know why. What happened? The whole world was dark. The whole world was evil except for one man. And his name was Noah. Noah and his family. Noah said, I see the entire world. The whole population is not serving God, is not seeking God. But I'm still going to seek God. I don't care what my environment says. I'm going to seek God anyway. And so God said, you know what? I'm going to destroy the whole earth. And he looked at Noah and said, oh, they're one of my creations. They're loving me. They're trying to keep my word. They want to follow me. I can't destroy the whole earth. I have to, I have to save this man. So God said, no, we need to build an ark. I'm destroying everyone else, and I'm going to start over. And that's what God did. A flood came and destroyed all living breath, everything that had breath of life. And God started over with Noah. And then, Noah, you get to Abraham. And God said, okay. I'm trying to work with my creation. There's still two anons of evil. Let me just pick out one family and see if I can just get one family, you know. Maybe one family will follow me. Maybe they'll train their children, their grandchildren. Maybe they can make it. And that was God's uh, plan. And so you got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then you have the 12 tribes of Israel. And God is trying to work with his family. He's trying to work. You can read in the Old Testament. He's trying so hard. He sends prophets. He sends ambassadors on his behalf. They still don't listen. Matter of fact, they kill them. They're like, what? They kill in the voice of God. They're, they're hiding. Hiding away, hiding away, hiding away. God says, oh, what's going on? So he sends another prophet. Then you got Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. You can just go on and on and on down the list. And he's trying and he's trying. And then I don't know what happened. God came to one point. He said, okay, this is not going to work. They're just not going to listen. And so he used the prophet. And he said, all right, prophet, you prophesy. I'm going to send the Messiah. I'm going to send a Savior. And he's going to be the Lord God Almighty. He's going to be the Father. He's going to be God himself that's going to come. And he is going to be the Savior. Because this, trying to get this message between one human to another, is just, it's not working out too well. And so, God comes himself. God comes himself inside of a form, in the form of a man. And he said, call me Jesus. Jehovah, the God of the Old Testament, has become your salvation. And so, God had to do it all himself. Because we said, all man has sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God, so we couldn't do it. And so God came himself, and he says, you know what? I'm going to die for you. You're bound in slavery, and the cost of sin is death. I don't want you to die, so I'll die for you. I'll die for you. And while he was here, he was teaching us. He was explaining how you should exist on the earth. You should love your enemies. You should, you know, think on things that are good, things that are just. And, you know, on and on in the, in the New Testament, God's teaching us how we should exist, how he expects us to exist. And then... We go to Calvary's Hill, he lays on the cross, and he has those famous words, it is finished. It is finished. We are supposed to die, but he died for us. He died on the cross, dropped his head, and that was our sacrifice for sins. Because without death, the sins would just remain, and then we would die. So God had to be the sacrifice. He filled the gap. He died for us, but he didn't just stay dead. He rose again on the third day. He resurrected from the grave, like he said, because he didn't want us to stay dead and stay lifeless. He wanted us to have life and life more abundantly. So he took our spot and he resurrected from the dead. He conquered death, which is one of the powers of the devil. He conquered death, hell and the grave. 
And then he ascended up back into the heavenly realm. And he said, hey, you people that are following me, you need to go over here in Jerusalem, and I'm going to give you my spirit. My spirit. My word is here, yes, but I'm going to give you my spirit. I'm going to give you who I am. I'm going to give you all of who I am. You're going to know who I am, what I'm about, what I do, what I don't do, how I think, how I speak. You're going to get everything about me, and I want you to have it. I'm going to help you to follow me. I'm going to lead you myself inside of you. I'll lead your thoughts. I'll lead your thinking. I'll lead your actions. When something happens to you, I'll talk to you and explain to you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. I will help you to not serve sin anymore and to serve righteousness. I'm going to help you to enter into my kingdom. I'm going to do it myself. And so that is what God has done. So that's our opportunity. God's response to our sin was to die for us and to be the sacrifice for us. And then he gave us instructions on how to accept this sacrifice that he did, on how to accept uh, the sacrifice for sins. And so first, we must believe God. You have to start there. You have to believe there is a God. You got to believe that there is someone that created everything, that is almighty, that is all powerful, that sees everything, knows everything, hears everything. Even the devils believe there's God. And they believe he's one. And they believe he has all power. And they believe he has all authority. How much more are we? We are created in his image. And so you have to believe first. You have to start there. What he has said and what he has done. Then, like I'm saying, God's open door, we must repent. We must follow God's lead to forgiveness of sins. We have to confess it. Lord, I did all this stuff. Yes, I did it. It was mine. I did it. But I'm coming to you. I'm just coming to you with it, Lord. They may have made fun of me. They may have mocked me. They may have tried to pull me down. My family has this black, has me blackballed or whatever. I can't go here. I can't do this. I can't hang out with these friends anymore. I can't even go to this job anymore, whatever it might be. But, Lord, I'm bringing it to you. Yes, I did all this. And then we have to be baptized in his name. So now we turn to God and we're looking to serve righteousness, but we've got to be washed again. we got to be completely washed and cleansed. And we're made new completely and entirely because God wants to fill us with his spirit and he's holy and his body has been serving sin and it's dark, so he has to completely change it. He has to change the body. He has to wash it completely. And that's where the sins are removed is in baptism in Jesus' name. And then we must receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, God's spirit living inside of us, guiding us and teaching us, writing the word in our heart. And that's the power not to serve sin. Once you have the, the God's spirit, you don't have to serve sin any longer. You have the ability and the resources and the tools to serve righteousness every day of your life, every single day. A wicked thought comes, there's word for that. A wicked feeling comes, there's word for that. A wicked uh, uh, temptation comes, there's instruction for that. You can completely overcome sin. The Bible even declares in 1 John, if you are born of God, you don't sin. Those that are born of God have no sin. You may be like, what? That is crazy. You mean I'm never going to have an evil thought? I don't know about that, but I know what God's word said. He said that if you're born of God, you won't have any sin. And so you just continue. But like David, you fail, you don't hide, you get back up and keep going. This is the greatest thing that ever happened to your life. You're going to be eternally with God forever, eternally in his presence, instead of eternally away from his presence. He says it's going to be so bad, it's going to be wailing. Wailing is not just like, wailing, wailing. Wailing is like, oh, oh, wailing and gnashing of teeth. Just, oh, gnashing of teeth forever and ever and ever. I don't know about you. That does not sound like fun at all. 
I don't care what pleasure the world can give me. That's not worth it. I don't care what, it, what thing they can try to offer me. That is not worth it. The popularity is not worth it. The fame's not worth it. The money's not worth it. The possessions aren't worth it. All the things the world can try to give me, it's not worth it. Because I'm going to have all this pleasure. Woo, sin is pleasurable for a season. It's real good for a little while. But again, like I said, they don't tell you at least the death. And after, you're left for dead. Friends vanish. Uh, the, the addiction that you're trying to, that you were with, the, the thing you try to get addicted with, it, sometimes it vanishes away and you're stuck. And you're trapped because you're in bondage, you're a slave, you're serving sin. That's, that's your master, you're serving it. But God came to break those chains so you can serve God. And we don't serve God like this. Oh, it's just a bunch of rules. Or, oh, I can't do this or I can't. No. Oh, I get to love God. I get to have peace in my life. I get to have truth. I can be victorious. I can conquer this serpent that came to tempt me. I don't have to deal with him anymore. Oh, this is wonderful. This is great. This is awesome. So, yeah, I don't go to certain places. And, yeah, I don't say certain things because I want to love God. I want to be in his presence. I want to be with him forever and ever and ever. That's why you change. It's not just a bunch of rules. That's why the Old Testament didn't work. God gave Moses a bunch of rules. Don't kill anybody. Don't be stealing anything. You better not go to somebody's wife and try to steal them. Don't, don't do all that kind of stuff. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do that. And they couldn't keep that. Maybe for a little while, then they made a mistake and failed. Then it got back up. Whoo, I'm going to try again. And it failed again. And they failed for decades, hundreds of years. Failed, 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 failed. God said, enough is enough. I'm going to come. That word that I try to write on tablets of stone, I'm going to write it in your heart. I'm going to explain it to you. So each of you know. You don't need me to get up here and tell you. I, God, I will tell you. I will show you exactly what to do. And it's easy. It says, this commandments are not hard. They're not grievous. We may think they're hard, but in reality, they're not that hard. We follow the stop sign. We follow the stoplight. We pay the taxes. We follow so many instructions. God's just saying, hey, when people uh, do things to you, just love them. Maybe a little hard, but so is trying So is trying to wait through traffic. That can be a little difficult. Like, I want to go 100 miles an hour. I got to sit here and go five miles an hour. But what do we do? We submit, and then we just go along with the slow traffic. It's boring. It's terrible. God's saying, hey, it may not be fun, but just follow my teaching. You want to come to life? This is what you have to do. This is the way there. This is the way there. And so God has saved us from our sins. He has completely saved us from our sins. We don't have to deal with it anymore. We don't have to deal with it any longer. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, you are the Savior. You are the Savior, oh God. Glory to his name. So as I'm coming to a close, let's all stand together. Amen. God is wanting to forgive here today. Every one of us, we've sinned, we've done something wrong. God wants to forgive all of us today. Don't hide. Don't run away. He's wanting to save us from our sins. Arms are wide open. His door is completely open. We just got to come in. But first, we have to repent in order for him to forgive us and save us. We just got to say, Lord, I messed up a whole lot. I did this, 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 and that. And just be serious. Be honest. Don't try to hide anything. God knows everything. Just be honest with him. Lord, I did this to that person. I said this. Whew, I shouldn't have done that, but I did anyway. But, Lord, can you forgive me? Will you forgive me? And I'm declaring he wants to forgive you. He wants to forgive all of us. That's why he gave me this message. He wants to forgive us. He doesn't want us to serve anymore to sin and be bound. He wants us to serve him in righteousness. And so it starts with repentance. And like I said, you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus. It removes all those sins. You receive God's spirit in you. Now you have power not to do that again and to follow him.
So those that want to respond to God, just come to the front area over here, and let's just pray, connect with God however you know how. Uh, those of us that want to respond to God's presence, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed to respond to God. Don't worry about someone else might think. That doesn't matter. Like I said, it's all individual. This is between you and God. So don't hide yourself from God, but believe on him. Confess your wrongs and be forgiven. Just pray like David. God wants to forgive us, and he wants to save us. So whoever would like to come in the front and pray, it doesn't matter if you're saved, unsaved. We all need to pray. We all need to connect with the Lord. And so if you'd like to come to the front, you can. If you'd like to stay in your seat, you may. But let's all just connect and pray with God that he forgive us, he cleanse us, he wash us. We'll be ready for his return. Oh, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us, oh, God. Oh, forgive us, oh, Lord, for our transgressions, oh, Lord. Blot out our iniquities, oh, God. Oh, we bring them to you, Lord. We've sinned against you and you only, not anybody else. We sin against you, O oh God. Have mercy on us, O oh Lord. Wash us, O oh Lord Jesus. We know you want to wash us, O oh God. We confess it, O oh Lord. Oh, help us, O oh God, to confess, O oh God. You're ready and willing to repent or have us to be forgiven if we repent, O oh God. Oh, don't cast us away from your presence again, O oh God. Help us to choose the option, O oh Lord, to be in your presence forever and ever and ever, O oh Lord. I pray you move on every soul in this room, O oh God, that they will begin to talk with you, O oh Lord, the best way they know how. They believe on you, O oh God, that they will speak in their heart or in their mind, open up their mouth, O oh God, oh, and speak to you, O oh Lord Jesus. You want to have mercy and grace here this morning today upon us, O God. I pray you cleanse every soul, O God, that's choosing your will, O God, that's choosing to follow your plan, O Lord, that's choosing to follow the repent, oh, and to confess it, O God, and to turn to you and seek you, O Lord Jesus. I pray you strengthen every soul, O God, that has been turning to you, O Lord, but the world is trying to pull them back in, O God. That the serpent is coming to tempt him again. I come against that serpent in the name of Jesus, O Lord. I pray you strengthen them in your word, in your voice, which is the sword of the spirit. They put on the armor of God, that they stand strong and fight in war in your name and in your word and in your spirit against the adversary, against all the evil and all the sin, O God. I pray you break down barriers, O Lord, of chains, of servanthood to sin, O God. I pray there be hope, O God, in somebody's mind today in their heart, oh Lord. I pray belief would rise, oh God. Faith would increase, oh Lord. You can do it. You're well able to do exceedingly and abundantly above we can even ask or even think, oh Lord Jesus. Help us, oh God, to believe in your word and to trust in you, oh Lord God. I pray as souls are praying for other souls that your power will flow, oh Lord. That there be a prayer of faith, oh Lord, that be prayed, oh God. Believing in what you can do and want to do and what you said you will do, oh Lord. Lord God Almighty, oh, have mercy on us, oh God. We don't want to be away from your presence, oh Lord. Oh, cleanse us and wash us, oh God. Blot everything out, oh Lord, we've done against you, Lord, which you hate. Oh, teach us, Lord, you've got to train us how to live on this earth, oh Lord, that's pleasing to you, oh God. We don't know, oh Lord, we may not understand, oh God, but you want to teach us, you want to show us. 
Thank you for your blood, oh God, that you shed, that we might be born of the water and of the spirit and enter your kingdom to see your kingdom, Lord Jesus. Oh, finish the great work you have started on Calvary, oh Lord, even today and the days after if you should tarry, oh God, that we all be ready, we all be prepared, oh Lord, as every tongue, every nation, every kindred is going to be there in that heavenly place, oh God. Oh, we ask to be counted and be numbered with those few, oh Lord that rise up with you, oh God, off this earth and leave everything behind, oh God. We just pray as many souls, oh Lord, as you want to come when enter into your kingdom, oh God. Oh, speak to us when we leave here, oh God, we pray and continue to reach for us, oh God. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's continue to pray and seek the Lord. With your spirit that I might live We bow Repurify and crush my will. Show me the ugliness of a self centered life. Renew me with your spirit, lest I die. Renew me with your spirit. mighty God and the Prince of Peace. He promised us that he would be a father, one that would love us with a love that never ceased. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's praise the Lord for one moment, please. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your sweet presence in this place this morning. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What a beautiful word of God we have received. Thank you, Jesus, for, touch, for touching our hearts. Our minds, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Glory to Dios. I know I, I give thanks for his, God for his mercy. Because if it wasn't for his mercy, we won't be we won't be here in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. We probably came this morning with a conviction. We probably didn't come to the altar to praise him, to thank him, but the Lord is still waiting for your for your response to that uh, mistake that probably you made. I believe uh, David, God gave David time to repent, and he didn't repent, but 
he sends somebody to tell him what he needs to do to repent. Amen? The Lord is talking to us this morning. He, the Lord was talking to us this morning. And I know the Lord knows our hearts. The Lord wants a relationship with us. Amen? Just keep in mind, he is a mercy, merciful God. Amen? Glory to Dios. To the Spanish people, I invite you to uh, be with us this afternoon. We have a Spanish service, and uh, it's beautiful to serve the Lord. I know we all speak English. Some people speak Spanish, but it's beautiful to serve the Lord in anywhere that we can, any way that we can serve the Lord. If we can serve in Spanish, we will serve in Spanish too. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are, not, we are the miss. Uh, we also have the classes, the, the fellowship classes tonight. And uh, in, uh, in Spanish, we have a Spanish service, special Spanish service this Saturday at 6 o'clock. This coming Saturday at 6 o'clock. I invite everybody who understands Spanish, wants to be part of the Spanish ministry, accompany, uh, be, with, be with us this uh, Saturday at 6 o'clock. Amen. Glory to Dios. In the name of the Lord, you are dismissed. Amen. <laughs>